welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Hi everybody, my name is Chaim, I'm a grateful recovering sexaholic. Hi. God has given me the gift of sobriety for 12 years, 11 months, and 24 days, which I can never be sufficiently grateful. And um, I'll start off by saying, you know, we're holding by step 11. So last night I was, um, I was sitting and talking with my wife, and I, I mentioned to my wife that I can't believe it. It's like it's been 13 years, and I'm I'm coming up on 13 years sobriety in a week. 13 years is a long time, and um, I just got like emotional. And I I told her 13 years is like a long time. Yeah, and um, I'm turning 41. I came into program when I was 27. And this is what her response to me was. It's like the length of your sobriety is very important and beautiful. But it's not much, Chaim. What I appreciate is your emotional sobriety. And that's more important than everything. And to hear it from her was very special. Very special. That she could acknowledge and see my emotional sobriety is is extremely special. It's, it's 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 very humbling. A guy that's self-centered in the extreme, that only wants to see naked women, that wants the next massage parlor or strip club, that that desires every form of acting out. A guy who's been broken to the core through trauma and childhood pain and insanity, and yet, you know. That's not, that's not where I am today, so um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Step 11, we saw through prayer and meditation to do God's will and how to carry it out. The exact word. Saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand Him, praying only to know, to know knowledge of His will and the power to carry it out. It's... The reason I started off with that story is how is a guy who's addicted to lust and sex, in English, addicted to to butts, to nakedness, supposed to be busy with trying to carry out God's will? That in itself does not make any sense. I mean, look at my step one, and you're talking to me about carrying out God's will. Like, like think of your, your lowest bottom. 
All right, think about the most insane thing you've done. And you're the type of guy that's going to be busy with carrying out God's will. It's like, what the hell are we talking about here? It says on page 98 in the big book, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man. Burn the idea into the consciousness. That means not hypothetical, not a, it's a theory, not maybe, not it looks cute, but burn it into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. Regardless of who your wife is, regardless of who your, your in-laws are, your parents, your childhood, your religion, your children, your finances, your lack of all the above, burn the, into the consciousness of every human man that he as well can get, that he can get well regardless of anyone. Meaning he's telling us that we know your excuse, we got your excuses. We, we understand that the, everybody else is a problem and did wrong and you were traumatized and hurt and belittled and shamed and you don't understand my culture. We got it, regardless of anyone. The only condition, there's one condition, the only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. So if there's a guy in program that's basically struggling, just ask him the two questions. Do you really trust in God and are you cleaning house? Most likely, he's 0 for 2. Most likely, he's really not cleaning house. And most likely, he really doesn't have a relationship with God. So how is somebody like me supposed to live a life of trying to give everything over to God and be God conscious? Is by continuously cleaning house and trusting God. crazy i was reading step 11 in the in the big book over here and um where was it here page 85 much has already been said about receiving strength inspiration and direction from him who has all knowledge and power basically the whole book is about giving us direction inspiration And strength to do his will. So again, this idea of uh, I can't, I don't have the strength, I don't have the direction, I don't have the inspiration. The book gives it. The steps, the ten steps that we took prior to this step gave it to us. If we have carefully followed direction, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit into us. It's a powerful little sentence he says here. If we have carefully followed direction, we have begun to sense the flow of His Spirit into us. That means a guy who's taking this program serious and has gone through all the 10 steps and is coming to meetings and is working with others, he's a person that feels the sense of God flowing into him. Pretty cool. To some, to some extent, we have become God conscious. We have begun to develop his virtual sixth sense. We become God conscious. 
We feel God's spirit throwing, flowing through us. There's five senses we know. The book is telling us there's a six. There's more than touch, smell, taste, feel. What am I missing? Touch, taste, smell, feel, and see. Here. There's a sixth. It's called a God sense. You get to be able to basically see what God wants. We're able to see what God wants if we really work this program. I mean, tell me if you identify, I had a sex and lust sense my entire life. I walk into a place and I know exactly the lust vibe of the room in one second. Which girl, which not, what is available, what is not, where my MO is, what I would like to do with who. Within a second, I figured out the entire room. A sex sense. We had a sex sense. It was called sex and lust. Can you imagine that sex sense the big book is telling us it could be replaced with a God sense? if we truly work this program and go through the 10 steps. You know, I'll be celebrating a year today. I had the privilege. We're gonna ask ask Avi after the meeting how he did it. I have the privilege of taking him through the steps. You know, the big book talks about this. To watch a guy awaken to God. To watch somebody who is self-centered thinking only about himself, pissed like hell at the world, to becoming God conscious. I'm looking around the room, so many people who I've worked with would lose their, so many people that, it's like to watch people go from a place, I want my drug called sex and lust and get the hell out of the way. And I'm willing to kill for it. I'm even willing to believe that my wife is not the right one for me in order to have sex and lust. I'm I'm willing to kill her, basically, in my head. I'm willing to wipe away my family, finances, everything, in order to get the choice of drug. I know by me, it was my story when you told me, Chaim, you're married, you have a wife and children. The first thing that came out of my mouth, I don't care. What? Excuse me? Total abstract from the world. Through cleaning your channel between you and God, you could become God conscious and have a sixth sense. So what I want to talk about is what, um, you know, I sat with Shia the other day. We spoke for like a half an hour, an hour. Was this idea of called okay. Okay. You know, when you call somebody on the phone, you ask them, how are you doing? Are you okay? We don't ask them, are you fabulous? Are you amazing? Is life phenomenal? You say, are you okay? There's a concept in this world called okay that me, the sexaholic, doesn't understand. It's either I need to feel such a drug and adrenaline rush of the lust of the lore where traffic lights and signs and time and money and wife and children have no value, I need a, such an energy boost. 
or I need to feel so awakened and so spiritually fit that I'm on a drug also. I know myself when I used to speak to the old timers about meditation and they said, you know, just sit for two minutes in quietness and just, 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 just be quiet and okay. And it's like, that's it. Like, and then what? When do I meet God hand in hand? When do we hug it out? When do we, like, no, just to be okay. <clears throat> that's what I want to talk about. This whole idea of what I'm saying you know, what I started off talking about, uh, we could become God conscious, allows us to be okay. Things don't baffle us like they used to. They don't bother us like they used to. I recently lost a, a substantial amount of money, at least for myself. And Michelle um, asked me the other day, you know, like, so you're not going bonkers? You're not losing it? And it hit me, it's like so cool. It hit me, it's like, I didn't take an action of lust over it. I'm not even obsessing about it. It doesn't make sense. It actually doesn't make sense. When I'm thinking about it now, it doesn't make sense. It's like, why wouldn't I? I'll lose my freaking mind over it. Could I live a life of being okay? I remember in early recovery when I read step 11, when I came to the meeting today in the morning, I was looking for it again. There's two places he talks about this concept in step 11. Just being okay. In thinking about the day, about our day, we may, may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Does it sound like everybody's life, basically? It's like another day of a sexaholic. Here, Chaim sexaholic. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. So what the hell am I supposed to do? So, so what my, my wife, my children, you don't understand what's going on. But it's such a big problem because I can't get my kid in their finances. And there's so much drama and energy and passion. And, 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 and I don't know what to do. <coughs> you know what's cool? If you've gone through all the te 10 steps and you live by this 12-step program, this is what you do. Listen, <laughs> here we ask God for inspiration. We spoke about this. We ask God for inspiration. An intuitive thought or a decision. We relax and take it easy. Sounds like a sexaholic, no? We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers come after we have tried this for a while. Imagine if I'm wrecked. I got triggered. You wouldn't believe what just happened. I got triggered. There was a girl. I lost so much money. My wife doesn't want to give me sex. My, I can't figure out how to get married. Like... The big problems, I'm flying, I'm coming, I'm going. I don't know what the next business decision, I just. Uh, Imagine your sponsor tells you oh, on the phone, relax, don't struggle, take it easy. Life works out. 
This is the next level of recovery, which we're trying to get to in our fellowship. It's okay. It's just okay. You know what okay is? Okay is okay. It's not bad. It's not good. I don't judge it. It's okay. You know, Yankee Shir the other day, I think he would permit me to say, he had a beautiful night out with his wife. And obviously after a beautiful night out, we're supposed to end with having sex, right? And it was disturbance because his wife just went to sleep. And Yankee shared how he was resentful. He was a little bit upset. He had a beautiful night. Now, why did this story hit me? Because this is the story of my life <laughs> and all of our lives. It's like when we're expecting sex the most, it doesn't happen. And we get so disappointed and we get really like, like turned down. But, you know, working on this concept for the past while, Yankee's wife, our wives, basically went to sleep because it's okay. For them, it was okay. Life was good. They had a beautiful night out. What more do you need than being okay? If you're running after an ejaculation, hell no, it's not okay. If you're running after... That's why it's called a massage parlor, a happy ending. Because you don't give a crap about the massage. Because it's not really called a massage parlor, it's a whorehouse <laughs> that you're going to have sex in. <clears throat> but we just think a massage parlor, happy ending. It's no happy ending. It's just simply okay. She, she didn't need a happy ending. My wife doesn't need a happy ending. Does yours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They live it, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, my son came home and he had this idea of maybe selling like cookies and yeshiva and stuff and blah, blah, blah. And right away my brain went to, oh my gosh, he's going to start with business and da, 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 and he's not going to be learning, he's not going to pay attention to his studies and da, da, da. My wife turned around and said, it's okay. Like, we're wired damaged. Our brain tells us messages that are messed up. So to us, it's not okay. And that's why usually when we call, we don't call with calmness and we don't call relaxed. We're riled up because we're not okay. The only thing that can make us okay is an ejaculation, some porn. Ah, calm. Until it drives us mad and insane and we need another dose to make us okay. And then we drive us mad and then we need another dose to make it okay. I never drove to a strip club, okay. Just going for a night to chill. I heard the other day some people had a business meeting in a strip club. What the hell? They're okay. You can meet, you can see some naked women. You can move on in life, it's okay. Not me. I was so not okay going to the strip club when I was so sick of the strip club. I used to go to the strip club and watch basketball in the club. Because I was really not okay. Just hit me now. One of the first times I went to a strip club, the lady at the door came over to me and she said, are you okay? <laughs> Just hit me right now. And I said, yeah, well, why? Because you look like you're drugged up. <laughs> There's no drugs in this club. I was looking to become okay. I'm not okay. 
He says on page 87, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated. I get very, very agitated throughout the day and many, many times. So we think in program that when you're getting uncomfortable, you have to call somebody, you have to surrender, you have to work it through, and you have to blah, blah, blah. You have to pause. Am I okay? No, I'm not. How do I get okay? It happens for me all the time in meetings. Somebody does something that Chaim's great mind decided it shouldn't get done. And I get rattled up inside. Could I just be okay? Does it happen to you ever? Somebody does something that bothers you at a meeting? It's like, who said how calm I want to... That's the beauty of no crosstalk. You need to figure out how to just be quiet and be okay. Not... I need to get involved, I need to change something, I need to make something happen because that's what we're used to doing and I'll fight you and if you scream louder than me, then I win. Or if I shame you or belittle you, I just have to learn to be okay. We pause. Or when we're doubtful, he says over here, and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, Thy will be done. We are then much less anger or excitement, fear, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. Because we're just okay. We become much more insightful. We do not tire so easy. For we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. If it's still all about me, how do I get my next hit? How do I get my next dollar? How do I get my next fix? How do I get my next attention? How do I get my family to be the way I want? How do I get people to like me? How do I, it's troubling why the meetings are not running the way I think it should. It bothers me why people are not, they're religious and still they, self-righteousness, self-ego, self-centeredness. We burn so much wasted oil. Imagine if we could just pause, could ask God for a thought. He says over here, it works, it really does. We alcoholics are undisciplined. So we let God discipline us in a simple way we have just outlined. But this is not all. There is action and more action. Faith without action is dead. So how do we pause? That's really the question. So how do we pause? So in step 11, it says through prayer and meditation, we ask God for direction. So I'm no guru on meditation. For a long time, I'm going to be really honest with you. I didn't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Harvey, for many, many years, told me, Chaim, you're doing a perfect well job if you're just pausing occasionally if you close your eyes if at night while you're going to sleep you just think about God you're doing a great job 
and it worked for a while. But what I found in the last few years of recovery, there's so much more to recovery. There's so much more calmness, relaxation, happiness. You know, today, when I, when I came into recovery, I was hot under the collar. I was very aggressive, passionate, very in-your-face, very, very strong, opinionated. You know, when people say that that's who I am today, I get very uncomfortable. Newcomers don't look at me that way. Because it's not who I am anymore. I was that. Yes. I'm not that today. I look at myself as a teddy bear. I'm very laid back. It doesn't bother me if blankety blank. And it took a lot of work. It took work like not showing up to business meetings. It took work like not being opinionated. It took work just like sitting back and just being okay. It's okay. I was telling Shia this the other day, like, so I can't have a smartphone because a smartphone, right, triggers me and it's going to get me to act out. So that goes on the side. I can't go into grocery stores or shopping centers because women in the stores get me to act out. So they're gone. I can't show up by parties or functions or by mitzvahs or weddings or gone as well because they act, cause me to act out, right? I could barely show up to my own bedroom because my wife could cause me to act out, right? I take everything in life and just dismiss it and throw it under the carpet. I can't listen to the news in the world. We we get this a lot in the program now. I can't listen to the news. I'm gone. News is too much for me. I'm out of here. So I made a boundary. No news. So news is now out. So what, what am I? become like a, a what? A saint on a mountaintop? I throw everything in anybody that uncom- makes me uncomfortable? Or do I learn to become comfortable in any situation? <coughs> Anytime there is a problem or disturbance, I could become comfortable in it. If I need the war that is going on in Ukraine to fill up a void inside of me, so then, you know what I do? Mm-hmm. I watch it and I listen to it and I delve in it and I lose my mind over it to the point that I just can't anymore and I put a boundary. But what the reading and what we're talking about is, it's okay. I remember when my sponsor told me one of the first times you could look at lust in the eyes and stand free. I thought he was insane. I remember when somebody brought up to me, you could go to a beach and not act out and not lust. You'll get temptations. Things will come up. You'll maybe even take an action or two, uh, an extra steer. Or a very first long one. Remember when Harvey told me he was sober for 11 years, he was on the beach and got triggered like hell. He picked up the phone and called his sponsor. And he told his sponsor, I don't know what to do. I'm here on the beach with my wife. I'm getting triggered. I don't know what to do. Where should I go? What should I do? And his sponsor said, only in Harvey's voice, well, you're at a beach. You're meant to get triggered. That's why beaches were created. But you're with your wife. You have nowhere to run. Why are you running? It's okay to get triggered. It's okay to get triggered? We're here in program. I got triggered. So what? I'm sober for 13 years. I get triggered every single day. Harvey always tells me, when you stop getting triggered, you know you got a problem. (laughs) 
What keeps Harvey in the program for 40 years is because he keeps getting triggered. He keeps coming back. At a beach, I'm not supposed to get triggered? Let's be rigorously honest. In synagogue, I'm not supposed to get triggered? So could I be okay under all circumstances? And the answer is through prayer and meditation, yeah. But us, religious people, we have a problem. Because we prayed our lungs out, a lot of us. And it's very, very disturbing for us because we don't know how to pray. And I remember when Harvey pointed out the words in the big book, until our old ideas are nil, we're not going to recover. The old way of praying doesn't work for me. And I will never go back to that way. I need to find a new way of prayer. For me, a new way of prayer is by one of the, the, the prayers in, in our... Um, I don't know how to say this in, in the correct terms, but one of the prayers of thanking God, right? I used to just ramp through their prayer. I'm able to stop and I, and, I, and I say five thank yous to God every day when I pray that. I pause and I say five thank yous. I say, God, thank you for keeping me sober. God, thank you for my wife and children, and I go through all of them. God, thank you for, for my finances. God, thank you for me. And God, thank you for you. I have you, I have everything. That does not sound like my old prayer. My old prayer went like this. God, I don't want to act out, I don't want to act out. Shit, I don't want to act out, I acted out. Oh, damn it, now what do I do? God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Help me, help me, help me. It's not going to work. Oh. Or ritual prayers of just praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. I needed to find a new way of connecting to my higher power. And I'm going to keep it as simple as that. It says through prayer and meditation. I would strongly suggest one man's opinion in this program. Find a new way to talk to God. This idea is going to hold us back from our relationship with God where it's just, I got to like almost appease God. So I put on my Teflons, I say my, my, uh, my two prayers. God, you're okay with me now? Okay, let me go have a good day. You sure you're okay? I'll, I'll throw in another one if, you know, if you're still pissed at me. <laughs> I can't have that relationship anymore doesn't work it's so there's nothing to it I love my therapist he constantly says to me he goes Chaim you're a walking prayer I live in conscious contact with God I wouldn't be sober for 13 years if I didn't I constantly just pray to him asking for his will I don't make I pretty much could say most decisions I don't make without first running it by God sometimes I confuse my wife but Either one. It's not my head anymore that's making the decision. So I don't have to struggle. So when it came for me recently making some big financial decisions or everything, I really brought it to God. It was so cool. Not just rituals. I feel stupid afterwards. I don't know what I said. I didn't even know what it means. It's like, I just can't do that anymore. So create your own prayer. Create your own prayer that really, really works. Meditation. 
like I said, I'm no guru in meditation. For me, what works is very simply. There are some apps out there that are phenomenal. There's an app called Calm. There's an app, I don't know if I should really mention um, um, apps or literature. It's not essay approved. I'll, I'll take it back. There's a lot of good apps out there. There's a world on YouTube of not only trying to find lust when you're not looking for lust and then you should be lusting and you're really not lusting. There's a world of YouTube, such spiritual stuff that every once in a while I just, I just press on something, I close my eyes and I just listen. There's three types of meditation to my understanding. There's a thousand. But the three basic ideas of meditation is getting rid of all thoughts in your head. That means basically cleaning away anything. That means we calm ourselves down to a point where there's nothing anymore in our head. Any thought that comes in, we calmly and relax, relaxingly try to wash the thought away. That's one type of meditation. There's another type of meditation where we think about a particular thought. We bring to the meditation the thought of, it's okay. It's okay. And I meditate on that thought. On the thought, it's okay. I can meditate on my wife, which I've done a million times. And when the sexual ideas and concepts come in, you just allow it to wash away. It's very healing for a relationship. I meditate on God. When the old noise comes in, I wash it away. I meditate on myself sometimes, which is very healing also. And when the negative thoughts come, I wash it away. And then there's the third type of meditation, and that is, it is okay. Whatever happens is just simply okay. I don't get rid of it. I don't hold on to it. It's just okay. Whatever goes on in my head, goes on. God, you gave it to me. Why am I getting rid of it? It's simply okay. <sighs> if you haven't done meditation, I would strongly recommend. Just do it. Just do it. It's the coolest thing in the world. Because you're going to do it, and you're going to stop, and you're going to be like, what the hell was that about? And it's going to be awkward, and it's going to be weird. It's going to be, I don't understand... And then at certain points, we get drunk on the meditation. You can literally get drunk from it. You can, you can literally lose your mind on meditation. And we have to be careful from that because nothing is supposed to give us a high anymore. That, that world of highs is done. I like the world of just, it's okay. But if I have a choice to get drunk on meditation or get drunk on a woman in a coffee shop, you know, pick your battle. So prayer, like we said, let's keep it simple. Create your prayer. Create a prayer that really works. The, the old ideas got to go. It doesn't mean they don't work. It doesn't mean... It, it, it just doesn't... I can't connect in two different concepts. You know, it's, it's too difficult. I need, I need a real intimate relationship. We need something that's tangible, that's, that's, that, that we can really taste and feel and touch. An intimate relationship with God. One of the greatest lines I've heard, again, I quote Harvey all the time because he's one of my, you know, not because I pedestal him. I did that for a long time already. I'm done with that. But because he gave me a lot of my recovery. Bring God to shul, to synagogue. 
don't go to synagogue to find God. We did that and we didn't find him. But if you bring God with you, you, could, you have something uniquely special, something you're holding on to. It's something that's yours, nobody could take. And then in regards to spirituality, because we're talking about concepts of God and meditation and so on and so forth, find books that work for you. I have found tons of books that work for me. Faith books, religious concepts that work for me. This rigidity of it's not okay unless you read this and learn this and study this. There's, a, there's, there's so many different sects, 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 of, 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 of concepts that are out there for religious faith and belief, if we go back to the old ideas, it won't work. So I have found speakers that work for me. I have found books that work for me. I have found concepts that work for me. And I take the good and I leave the bad. And that allows me to look at my people, my faith, my religion, and a whole new way of life. But the main concept that this program has given me more than anything, and it came directly from showing up to meetings, going through the 12 steps, staying seriously humble, is this new idea of called, it's okay. It's okay when things are working out very good. It's okay when things are not working out so good. It's simply okay. And then you don't have to act out because you're not running away from anything, it's okay. Now, if you walk out of here and it's really not okay because you're really bugging out and you're losing your freaking mind, don't judge it. Just understand this is a new concept. This is a new idea. It's going to take practice. You have to work the program. If you're not up to step 11 and you didn't go through everything, no wonder why it's not okay. Take a deep breath. Take it easy. But one thing I could tell you, is he said it numerous times in the book. You're walking, you should be walking with the spirit of the universe. You should have a, the, the sixth sense flow inside of you. If you're not having that and you're part of this program, this program provides that. We offer steak. You're busy with the small little pieces of chicken. You didn't find the steak in this program. This is the meat of the program. This is what works. This is what keeps people sober for a long time. If you didn't find that here, don't blame it on the program. Maybe you're just part of the fellowship of the 12 steps, but you never joined the program. Like we spoke about the other week, Wally P, going through all the 12 steps. And that's where we lead to next week. If you've done this work and you got what we're talking about, don't you want to give that to somebody else? you got to be nuts not to want to give it over. You found out what the rest of the world is looking for. How do you become happy, joyous, and free, and calm, and okay? Wow, you want to give that over to the next person. Most people, unfortunately, don't find it in the program, have no need to give it over. The only thing the program provided for them is not to masturbate and watch porn. Oh, porn sometimes, yeah, it's okay, or nudity, or... or Luke porn or keeps, but you never found, you never found recovery. Like I started off with what my wife said, Chaim, recovery, the spiritual person you became, not 
not just not masturbating. The whole reason I needed to masturbate and go to porn shops and do who knows what was because life sucked. So you took away from me what helps me live life. I'm left with life sucking. I find in program something so much powerful. So I don't need to. Okay, next week, step 12. Thank you for letting me share. We'll open up the floor for questions and answers. question. One, do you still feel after close to 13 years that you're potentially as not as okay as you were 13 years ago? I'm not following. Do I feel? Like 13 years later, yeah. this is the potential to be not okay, like as strong as it was 13 years ago. Do I get the feelings of sometimes not being okay? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so the question is, does the feelings of not being okay come up for me? Hell yeah. It's the same feelings. It's a great question. Great question. It's the same feelings of getting triggered. Lust doesn't become obsolete. I get triggered with lust. I get triggered with not being okay. All the time. <coughs> that's where I pick up the phone. That's where I read the literature. That's where I go to recordings. That's why I call my sponsors. That's where I call my sponsees. That's where I... I I keep growing. The moment I'm okay and there's no lust triggers, I'm a dead man. There's nothing that's elevating me. But today when the feeling of not being okay comes up for me or the feeling of triggers, I try to get to a place of instead of thinking God is out to screw me, it's a place of God's just trying for me to elevate my program to the next level. But it's not him trying to screw me. This, this thing that I lost all this money and everything, wow, did it humble me. Wow, did I have to do a lot of work on it. It wasn't like all of a sudden, I lost a lot of money. I'm sitting there with my suit and tie and I'm perfectly okay. No, not close. I had to do an enormous amount of heavy lifting to learn how to become okay under the conditions of losing a, a significant amount of money. Let God in, and that you turn everything over to God. When you make your decisions or thought process, do you feel that God is talking to you? Like, do, do you have an epiphany, like clarity? Where does that come from? Like, so the question is, do you ever really feel like there is an epiphany, like God is really talking to you, yeah. or that you are really? Um, living on a, on a, instead of of a sex sense, but the sixth sense. I'm uncomfortable saying this, but yeah, I do. Why am I uncomfortable saying it? I don't know. I think anybody that's really working this 12-step program could honestly say that they feel it. Yeah. You know, I've said this over so many times. When I, when I was in the bathroom in the hospital, and my wife was lying on the bed, and I, and I thought that, that she could die, because that's what the doctors were saying. And I was in the bathroom, and all of a sudden I just started to cry, and I don't want any other woman in my life other than my wife. And the feeling was that she's the greatest thing that ever happened to me, and the feeling was that I don't want to be with another woman other than her. And I'm, I'm honestly right now getting goosebumps saying this. How did that come up for me? if not God's flowing through me. 
I spoke to Harvey about this numerous times. After giving a talk, sometimes I feel enormously drained. I start sweating. And Harvey told me that's called a God experience. It's a God experience. You allowed God to throw, th- flow through you. It's draining. God drains you. It's draining. It's humbling. I got enormously triggered a week ago by, by a hotel or two weeks ago. I was rattled to the moon, but I didn't take actions. I lost. I committed to, to show. I worked my program. I called other people. I shared it with everybody. Wow. I mean, is that not God flowing through me? I mean, and the list goes on and on. I mean, listening to my kids, the way they talk, the way they express themselves, constantly hearing God on their lips and on their tongue and thanking him and, and literally almost like communicating. My daughter, I said this the other week where my daughter is telling me she's talking to God, going to sleep, asking God for to have friends and so on and so forth. And now what is she supposed to do after now that her friends are work, walk, working out and... I'm able to tell her now it's time to thank God for giving you what you asked for. Like this is this is this is this is this is cool stuff. I'm a talented speaker, I'm not gonna say I'm not. It's God given. But I really prepare for any of the talks that I've given. Harvey taught me allow God to just talk through you. Is that I don't even know how I say certain things that I say here. I never prepared it and I never was planning to say it. Now, when I was sitting by conventions and listening to people that were sober for 15, 20, 30 years and they sound like on a different earth, it was really cool because I saw something that I wanted and I said, I'm willing to go to any length to get that. And with all of this, I can walk out of here and see that girl. And if I don't work my program, I'm screwed. I'll act out. That's the most important thing to know. Because we have a real, real deadly disease. Yeah. Actually, exact question. But often, in the, I guess, the general philosophy of the therapeutic world is you don't just tell somebody it's okay. Because if they're all riled up with whatever anxiety is going on, you can't, you can't stop that. Um, so I'm wondering, number one, myself Beautiful. stopping it, but number two, really trying to say it over. For instance, I share a lot about my son with a lot of anxieties. I understand I have to be okay in order to tell him to tell him. Great point, okay. great point. But ultimately, you still want to give that over. So the question he's asking is the therapeutic process is we don't just tell somebody who's rattled up it's okay. It'll make that person more riled up and more crazy. Um, that's basically the question. So if you're in a real predicament that's really riling you up, somebody tells you it's okay, you want to kill the guy, right? This is a spiritual experience program. I would never tell somebody who walked through the door who's coming over to me and telling me, my life, my wife, my children, I just had sex with X amount of prostitutes and everyone losing my family, this and that. Sit them down and say, hey, it's okay. Now kill me. I would never do that to somebody. And he's not saying we pause and we ask for God conscious and direction and we don't struggle. He's not saying that in step one. 
He's saying that in the 11th step, it's after having a spiritual awakening through these 11 steps, having conscious contact with God, cleaning away my wreckage, not becoming self-centered and egotistic, understanding that all challenges is for me to build an, a more intimate relationship with God, is accepting life on life's terms, financially, emotionally, mentally, the wife God gave me, the children God gave me. After doing the whole process of the fourth step and the fifth and sixth and the seventh and eighth and ninth step and cleaning and cleaning and cleaning, then we become okay. Then we become okay. This is not, I meant to say this before, again, the biggest criminal act of our fellowship is the two-step program. We start with step 12, we come in here and we tell everybody what to do and what not to do, and then we go all the way to step one. Because we realize we're acting out while we're telling people what not to do. Step 2 to 12 is the cleaning of oneself where, where then you become okay. So giving it over to someone that's not necessarily doing the steps. What I'm telling people to do is to do the steps. I'm not getting on a mic telling everybody out there that life is okay. It's not okay. You're out there, you see what's going on. It ain't close to okay. We're given a gift that we could actually, because we're addicted to sex and lust, be okay. Because we have a, such a bottom, we could have a, such a top. But that takes work. That takes years of work. I was not okay the first few years in program, not even close, not remotely close. It takes work and work and work. But there's a goal and there's a thought we plant the seed into another human being the big book talks about and we just allow it to take, take root. Sometimes my wife says, I'm not sure what to do, and I'm like, it's okay, and she gets more frustrated, right? That's not what I'm suggesting for you to tell your wife that. <clears throat> for you to tell yourself that when she tells you what to do, you could say, maybe it's just okay if we do go or don't go. It's not the biggest decision in the world, but it comes much easier through the 12 steps. Okay, thank you all for letting me share. Next week, we're going to do the... I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.